Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, and time watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Thursday, April 16, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. Folks, thank you for tuning in tonight, and a big shout-out to all those new listeners over there at WINB. Folks, my guest tonight is former Navy SEAL, Special Forces turned Apostle Emmett Overton. It's my pleasure to bring him on the program. First time... Emmett, welcome to the program, sir. It's a pleasure to have you on. God bless you, ma'am. Shalom. And thank you for having me on your program. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into ministry, and how you came to know the Lord. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. I was Roman Catholic, because I was an altar boy. And I come out of a military family. <clears throat> my, t- my father was in Special Forces. I was in, in Special Forces in the military. And uh, my mother retired from the military. <laughs> I got a brother and sister. So I had, I had a military family. And then from there, I went to Clark Atlanta University and got out. And uh, as I went back to the military, coming out of the military, I was an aircraft mechanic. And then I, I began to become doing things that a friend of my father taught me. He was a gangster. And I was a young guy in high school. He owned a nightclub. And I kind of learned a lot of street life. And then all of a sudden, I got hooked on cocaine and drugs. I sold cocaine and Atlanta, Georgia, not proud of that. I, I was, I was a professional gangster, a aircraft mechanic in the evening and a, and a gangster at night selling drugs, running guns. And, uh, I got hooked on a cocaine and uh, I asked the Lord to deliver me. I didn't really know the Lord the way I know him now. I said, Lord, just deliver me. And I, I didn't know the word, but I remember seven months after, uh, Derek Prince laid hands on me, <laughs> My life begins to start changing, and I, I called on the Lord. Something in me say, call out. I said, Jesus. And I blew out white smoke out my uh, mouth, and uh, I got delivered from cocaine, and I haven't touched it since. Uh, I was under Wayne C. Thompson Fellowship of Faith Church in East Point, Georgia, and during the 80s and 90s I was there, I began to get familiar with the Ministry of Deliverance a little bit with Winworthy coming there, and I was a messenger. And then I backslid and came back to the Lord uh, and came back to Christ uh, at 42, 
And then I was a hospital chaplain uh, for three and a half years uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And God called me to the ministry of deliverance, uh, being in the street, being able to relate to people in the street gave me a, an edge in, in this ministry. It's a tough ministry. It's a beautiful ministry. And um, I've been walking with the Lord for about uh, 10 years consistently. And we ha- I have an internet radio station, two radio stations, and we have a 24-hour-a-day internet radio station at livedeliverance.com, 24 hours a day. We have teachings with Derek Prince, uh, Frank Hammond, Adam A. Hammond, Ruth Prince, Frederick Casey Price, Apostle John Eckhart, Winworthy, and I have a variety of different brothers who come on uh, this radio ministry. We've been broadcasting for five years. There's a church that's connected with us, Greater Works International Ministries. And I ran guns for about six years, and then I started peddling and pushing cocaine. And uh, I got tired of sleeping with a gun over my head. That, that's a rough life. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm not proud of any of those things I've done, but I tell you, when we do these things and we don't know God and we're ignorant, God uses those for his glory. And now, because I've been through a lot, I can talk to the average addicted person and tell them it's a spirit. Everything we deal with is a spirit. You know, the devil is so subtle. The Lord is is showing me how the enemy, this demon of racism, it's a demon. It's not a person. It's a demon. And how the police officers shoot the black guy and this, these demons are just using this. And they get people so caught up in it, looking at the natural, the person, they forget that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So God called me to the ministry of deliverance, and he told me it would be the name of Fellowship of Deliverance and National Ministry. At that time, I just got injured as an aircraft mechanic, and I was like, okay, here I am. I don't have a dime. <laughs> you know, he's telling me an internet radio station. Uh, neither do I have any experience on the radio or with a computer, as far as that concerned, when I first got into the chaplain ministry, I knew about shooting rivets in aircraft, you know, and punching in key cards for after the job's done for inspection for the federal government. Other than that, I had no uh, previous experience uh, in Internet radio, none whatsoever. And uh, I studied for three and a half years at the hospital between 9 o'clock in the morning and 2 in the morning. And this is during a time of my case pending for my disability. And move, God moved me into uh, full-time ministry. And I fasted for uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for three years. And then from there, I started off with Blog Talk Radio was my second radio station. My first one was this brother, uh, New Wine Radio out of California. He gave me a opportunity, and I started teaching with him. And, and then the Lord moved on me to form my own radio station, and it was Fellowship of Deliverance Internet Radio.com, but it was the URL was too long, so we changed it to LiveDeliverance.com, and we are on 24 hours nonstop every day. Uh, I am a Sabbath keeper, worship on the Sabbath. I have brothers in the Lord who don't. I don't try to go against anyone. I just want to love my brothers and not have any arguments to bring division. I just let that on the Lord, but I learned that from being in Israel, and I am a follower of Derek Prince. I have all of his archives, and uh, I am so proud to uh, learn up under him, and uh, it's just been a blessing, this this, this ministry, and, and that's it, sister. Well, Derek Prince laid hands on you. That's incredible, because I let me tell you, I think I've probably never got immersed in someone's teaching more than Derek Prince. I've, I've got a lot of Win Worley stuff, incredible powerhouse men of God. They were very 
mightily used in the area of deliverance. And I think especially when we live in this real microwave, cake-bake Christianity culture, it's very difficult. You know, most demons are, I'm sure, thrilled at the fact that most Christians don't even believe Christians can be demonized, Emmett. So it's, it's very frustrating when you live in the kind of church culture that we live in. Most people don't believe you can even have a demon. Well, you know, the Lord has shown me that this, the reason why it's like that is because, do you have your Bible with you, sister? I do. Okay, I'm going to have you to help me. The Lord showed me the spirit of error is in 1 John 4, 6. I'm a word teacher. I'm not an inspirational teacher. I teach strictly word. Uh, if you can read 1 John 4, 6, the problem that the Lord has revealed to me, why Christians don't even know anything about demons is because if the pastor at that church who, wherever he's at, if he blocks out the ministry of deliverance, it can't come into church. So what happens is witchcraft comes upon the body of Christ and suffocates the ministry of deliverance because of a spirit of error. And uh, God revealed to me it's, it's dung. Uh, there is a scripture in the Bible, and it's, and it's biblical. It's in Second Kings. Chapter 18 is also, uh, Sister, I want you to get Isaiah 36, 12 from the King James, and I'm, I'm going to read 2 Kings 18, 27 to the listener. And when I get through reading that one, I want you to go to Isaiah 36, 12 and read that to me in the King James, okay? Okay. Because here's the problem. It's dung. I have actually been to churches in Jamaica. And they would invite me to teach. They said, what you going to teach on? Deliverance. Man, they look at me like, oh, wait, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. They don't like that. Deliverance is a much-needed ministry, and Jesus commissioned us all to believe in his name and to cast out demons. In Second uh, Kings 18, 27, it says, But Rashika said unto them, Have my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words which he not sent me to the men which sat on the wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss. That's all it is. It's a watered-down version, and it comes from another Jesus. The Word of God is very accurate. If you look at Isaiah 36, 12, my sister, it's the same thing. Can you quote that? But the rabbi said, Has my master sent me to your master and to you to speak these words, and not to the men who sit on the wall who will eat and drink their own waste with you? That's, and that's what this is. It's another Jesus. You see, when Jesus ordained the 12, he ordained them to cast out demons. And I was at a hospital chaplain for three and a half years, and they did everything they can to block out the ministry of deliverance where I worked at. And I started my ministry in a hospital. What better way to learn about demons? And I began to see these theologians, educated enemies of God. When you are educated and you don't have the revelation of the Lord Jesus, you're going to get yourself in trouble because when you can't omit and take out this powerful powerful ministry. And when you try to do it, it brings demons because it becomes doctrines of devils then. In 2 Corinthians 11, 4, the word says, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel. It's another gospel. It's two types of gospel. The devil don't want this gospel out. Now, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm about 20 minutes from... Uh, 
this big old church uh, prosperity minister. I'm not mentioning any names because I don't want to do, do that. Wouldn't be Creflo Dollar, would it? Yeah, I'm glad you said it. It wouldn't Flocked be Mister. I want my my planes, trains, and automobiles, and get sewn into my hundred thousand dollar jet. Wouldn't be that same guy, would it? Oh yes, I had people coming to my office from Creflo Dollar Ministries, uh, very angry at God. And I went through many deliverances with them. They couldn't maintain their deliverance because it was, hey, why are you? Well, the Lord, I, I'm tired in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 to get a Bentley. And see, when we start teaching people this, this is what the enemy enjoys. When Jesus commissioned his 12, he commissioned them and ordained them to cast out devils. And the problem is that we don't have pastors, the, the labels are few. Jesus talking about the ministry of deliverance. It's, it's few of us out here. Here's why. This other gospel overtakes what the Lord and what his word says do. The, the word says one thing, and church doctrine says something else. That's one of the main problems of why the deliverance ministry is not being up front the way it used to be. But I see a move, a trend now. Internet radio. Look at Jesus. Look at me. You know, it's getting out there, and it needs to be out there. When Jesus ordained 12, he says, in Mark 3, uh, 14, and and he ordained 12 that they should be with him, that, they, that he might send them forth to preach, that's one, to have power to heal sickness, that's two, and to cast out devils, that's three. And see, if a person is, is, has not been taught, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. If they are not taught that Christians can have demons, uh, it's, it, that doctrine can't come into church. Well, don't you find that interesting how he said... My people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. He didn't say the pagans or the Satanists or the New Agers. He said, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge, didn't he? That's right. It's also in Isaiah 5.21. When we have a lack of knowledge, we are no threat to the enemy. I had a, a pastor, a theologian, was from an AME Baptist church. He didn't even believe in speaking in tongues because they get that doctrine wrong. And, and God says, forbid no one to stop them from speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, 39. And he said, brother, you need to explain to me how can a, uh, a Christian have a demon? And I'll, I'll share this to people. Christians can have demons. Third John says that is born, which is a spirit. We have a body, mind, soul, and spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. We have three parts. And I gave an illustration of the Old Testament with the temple concerned uh, compared to our bodies, and it really got them. And I shared with him that the temple, the Holy of Holies, represents the spirit. The holy place represents the soul, mind, and will, and emotions. The outer court represents the physical body. In 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 23, the Bible says that we have a body, mind, soul, and spirit. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. You see... And that's where the demons operate in our thoughts. That's our soul. We have to cast out. And you keep thinking on that thing. You keep thinking on that thing. That opens up the door. The temple in the Old Testament had three parts. The Holy of Holies, which is the high priest came in once a year behind the curtain. That represents man's spirit. What represents the soul of the people? The table of the shoe bread, Exodus 25, 23, and 30. The holy place is the lampstand, Exodus 25, 31 through 39, represents the soul of us as believers as the lampstand. The outer court represents the body. Now look at Jesus in Matthew 21, 12. Jesus entered the temple. They were selling in the outer court. Jesus drove them out of the outer court. That's driving out demons. Yeah, and it's so interesting because people think that, you know, the Great Commission is just 
preaching the gospel, but there is a lot more to that apostolic great commission. It is laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. Jesus said in, in John 14, you will do what I do. And what did he do? I always say to that people, what did Jesus do? Well, what did he get the 12 to do? What did the 70 do? They cast out devils in his name. They preached the word. And that is why people got to start getting that. And they've got to kind of snap out of their trance and get the fact that we are commissioned to do what Jesus did, aren't we? Yes. And another thing that people need to start doing that I'm I'm noticing that people don't people don't like to read the Bible, and, and when that. you when you don't read the Bible, you really open up your door to nothing but demonic spirits when you don't have a clue of what's in God's word. Second Timothy two fifteen, we all know that's Second uh, Timothy four one. Teach the word until I come. The Bible over and over and over tells us that we must study God's word. We will depend on other people to give us the word of God. I see churches where pastors control people with witchcraft. They can control people with witchcraft. Get up, jump to the left. Ha, 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 yeah. And they get all emotional and them demons start working. And you don't know what's in the Bible. You don't know whether that's in the Bible. God wants us to study, brothers and sisters. And I see a problem with the body of Christ, 2 Timothy 3.15. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. And the doctrine is in the ministry of deliverance. If that pastor has a blockage with that he can't receive revelation, this is up to you to study for yourself. Paul says, you are ashamed if you don't study. 1 Corinthians 15.34, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And some pastors don't have the knowledge of the ministry of deliverance. I speak this to your saying. Ephesians 3, 4, whereby when ye read, it say when ye read. Christians won't read the Bible. People are listening to, <laughs> they'll listen all day, but would they study? Isaiah 34, 16, seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. 1 Timothy 4.13, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. John 5.39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. It's all in the word. Psalms 14.4, Hosea 4.6, Psalms 144.1, let your fingers walk through the word. Christians, start getting disciplined to read God's word and let his word indwell in you and manifest the ministry that he has called you to do. Well, that word is bread, isn't it? It is, it yes, is ma'am. bread. Yes, ma'am. I'm a word teacher. I, I, I like to give three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve, thirteen, fourteen scriptures on one subject. That's just how I am. That's how God called me. And I, I don't want someone come to me just talking to me and they're not giving scripture. See, the church needs to open up to revelation because every deliverance is different. And pastors, we really need to pray for these people. Some of these people, I really believe the devil put in, in these churches. Because when they block out the ministry of deliverance, this is a miracle ministry. This is a miracle ministry. Yes, it is. Uh, in Mark 9, 38, uh, we read here that Jesus says that no one can do a miracle in my name. This is a miracle ministry that churches don't even deal with. I talked about this in a church one time in, in Alabama. They looked at me like I came from Mars. Think about this. The devil ought to know better than to attack a Holy Ghost-filled believer because he should be the one getting a whooping. But yet Satan knows he's defeated more than most Christians. And look even, I think about in the book of Acts there in 19, the evil spirit said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, you I don't know. He would be saying that to a lot of people today. You I don't know. 
none of us are much a threat to the the kingdom of darkness when we're not even doing deliverance, Emmett, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about this ministry is that there is so many rewards. You know, the Lord showed me something that when you cast out devils, your name is written in heaven. Now, this is the only ministry that does that. No other ministry that the Bible says that your name will be written in heaven. Jesus specifically says it in Luke ten seventeen, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils, more than one, are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So he saw him fall. Now watch this. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, those are principalities, and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this, watch this now, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because what? Your names are written in heaven. Well, why are their names written in heaven? The devils are subject to us into thy name. And Jesus said, because of that, your names are written in heaven. This is a very powerful ministry. I've been doing it five years, and I tell you, the devil will go tooth and nails if you full-time in, in the ministry. He tries to hit me with everything. When I fight back, we win. I have no fear. We shouldn't have no fear. We should take the word of God and really get into it and stop letting people minister to you and let the Holy Spirit. It's good to listen to people. Listen to people. Become quick to listen now. But get some time to study for yourself because these demons, all they want you to do is to entice you. And then another thing God is showing me, where is this doctrine coming from? Well, the Lord showed me something about devilish wisdom. And when the pastor don't have the Holy Ghost or he's intellectual or coming from a theological reasoning in his fleshly mind, you're not going to get no revelation. And what you're going to get is devilish earthly wisdom. And this is what you're seeing in the church. The Bible says that this wisdom descends not from above, but it's earthly, central, and devilish. Demons entice, James 1.14. People need to know this and study. And if you're in a church that's not, you're not learning, then leave out of that church. People have soul ties to some of these churches. Some of these churches ain't teaching nothing, and they're just setting up in there because they're just used to it or the music sound good. Look. People need to see the nine gifts in operation. They need to, people need to see Jesus tells us that. Paul warns all of us that people have to see this ministry. And he says it in uh, Acts 1.1, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both to do and teach. What I should do, you should do, John 14.11. Do right. and teach. People need to see the ministry being done because when you cast out demons, two kingdoms are colliding, Matthew 12.26 and Matthew 12.28. They are colliding. And when people see that these kingdoms collide, they'll wake up because when you cast out demons, only the kingdom of God has come upon you. I had a bishop, never forget his name, Bishop Wellman, and he said, oh, brother, God, God, religious, religious, just religious spirit, spirit. I said, hey, this man, come with what do you want? And uh, I start praying in tongues because my spirit was getting subtle. The kingdom of God has come upon me today to go and visit the sick. I said, what kingdom of God come on you? Which one? Jesus. (laughs) I said, oh, really? Do you cast out demons? No, there's no such thing. Then I said that the kingdom of God hasn't come upon you. This man, I'm African-American and nothing against people. This man was dark. Them demons in him had him turning purple. He say, where is that in the Bible? Jesus says, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. 
So how did King Magog come under you and you don't you haven't cast out demons? See, we believe anything because he said he was a bishop. You see, the, the church is so messed up. you got people calling themselves bishops, been married three and four. The bishop is the husband of one wife. you got folks running around <laughs> calling people reverend. We're not supposed to call people reverend. Uh, that violates the Bible. Sister, can you give me Psalms 111, verse 9? This pastor kept, he kept saying, well, why? Uh, my name is reverend. So you're not reverend. And he got upset. See, we got to come out of religion and tradition and get into revelation. Psalms 111, verse 9. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. His name. That's not no human being's name. And then, if any of you listen to me, if you don't see signs following the pastor wherever you at, leave the church. Because signs follow fellowship deliverance, gifts of the Spirit, work, word of knowledge. Jesus said something very interesting to everybody when he ascended into heaven in Mark 16, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Watch this. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. We get in the word, but it's not being confirmed with signs. See, when you teach the word, the signs follow confirm what that person's teaching. You know, it's pitiful that you see, I met this lady. She was going through some deliverance, and she had a soul tie. Are you familiar with this lady named Juanita Bynum? No, I'm not. Okay, well, Juanita Bynum is an African-American so-called evangelist. That's, anyway, she married this man, this bishop. He was married three times, and that's by the, the scriptures. The husband is the, is the bishop of one wife, Titus 3.1. So this lady was really, I love Juanita Bynum. I said, she's not an evangelist. Well, what is an evangelist? Philip was an evangelist in the Bible. He cast out demons and preached the simplicity. We got people with titles out here, and they, they don't have no power. Why is this like this? Because you won't study. You won't intercede. We have to pray, study, get the anointing, and really come together as brothers in Christ to break the power of the enemy. It's too much churches out here with no revelation. Now, I'm going to say something, and I give it back to you, sister. I'm African-American, and I got nothing against No, I love everybody. But some of these black churches, and I'm going to say this, they end up jumping up and down, all this emotionalism, but no revelation inspiration, but no revelation. We need fresh oil. We need revelation. Well, you are so right. And you were mentioning these pastors that get up there, they have no anointing, no revelation. You know, you can have more degrees than a thermometer, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter. The word is the discerner. And you have to love those people, Emmett, that say, oh, yeah, the Holy Ghost, well, that went out in the book of Acts. Well, if that's the case, then they are sadly derelict in their knowledge, aren't they? Yes, they are. And, you know, I'm glad that you said that because... Not many educated people are called, very few. The Bible warns that in Acts 4.13, the reason why God get people uh, that's different from the world, may say, now they, were, now they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled that they had knowledge that they had been with Jesus. See, when you have a relationship with Jesus, the power of Christ in you will let people know you was dumb in the natural, but you ain't dumb in the, in the spirit realm. And see, educated people always want to reason. And I used to work with a whole lot of educated theologians, and very few of them are called. Let's look at what the Word says. It says in 1 Corinthians one twenty six, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, intellectual, not many mighty, not many noble are called, you see. And when the devil has put 
pastors in church, the devil has joined the church and preached this Jesus of prosperity or preached this watered-down version of Joel Osteen. That's the most watered-down gospel I've ever heard. That, I couldn't live off that for five minutes with the spiritual warfare that I go through. And when you're eating a particular diet, you what you are. I mean, I'm not knocking these pastors, but, man, they got to bring it like Derek Prince before I even say, okay, I'm with it. We have John Eckhart. He's a wonderful man of God. And uh, we really get a lot of feedback from Apostle John Eckhart. Uh, he's out of Chicago. He's, on, he's a deliverance minister, and he's on our radio station. And all we carry here is nothing but the minister of deliverance because it's so much needed, uh, sister. Well, you're right about Joel Osteen. If Joel Osteen is not a pastor, I have maintained that he is definitely a motivational speaker. It is so dumbed and numbed and lukewarm. And what did Jesus say? I will spit you. I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's a strong word to say to lest you be hot or cold. I will vomit you lukewarmers out of my mouth. And I I wouldn't want to be in Jesus Christ's barf bag. You know, but what they do here in this prosperity gospel, I mean, is they reduce God to some skybound wish grant genie bestowing cash and cars on his children and all these christians you know they they've got the jesus fish on their car they've got the bumper sticker but you (laughs) can't see a risen jesus in their life you don't see the holy ghost moving in their life they go to church they pay homage once a week three hymns and a powerpoint and a preaching from the reader's digest that's a risen life yes i i went to a church lord forgive me i have to say this I'm a very outspoken person. I have a spirit of boldness, and I'm just straight up because when I was in the world, I was a I wasn't proud of that. But as a gangster, you got to hold your own, or you get shot or take out. Anyway, I was at this church, and this man started ha 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 Jesus, ha ha ha. I can understand what he was saying. And after he got through preaching, he said, "How was the sermon?" I said, "It was horrible." You teach this to people every day. You you give the and, and the people said, "I've been looking at well, it was a good sermon." He wasn't talking about nothing. Piss and dung. Wasn't talking about nothing. And people will go to this. Don't be deceived by the enemy. There's more than just words. The kingdom of God is not just only in words. God says that in 1 Corinthians. Uh, I want to share that with you because God has more power than what we are seeing uh, in in today's uh, society, in today's church. I want you to know that. God has way, way much more power in the 1 Corinthians chapter 4 20 for the kingdom of god is not in word but in power so you got a lot of word oratorical but no power how well, do we yeah, get power? Ephesians 3 20 that dunamis power we have power that we're not using it's it's incredible yep and people like it and when they get messed up like that what happens is we need to plunge out there for the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as you're unleavened for even christ our passover is sanctified First Corinthians 5, 7. And we need to allow, we, the Godhead, need to allow, and the person who are listening to me individually, you need to allow the power of God to penetrate uh, some of your doctrine that brings a hindrance to the ministry of deliverance. But most people here, I notice on this show, probably are in the ministry of deliverance. But if you're not, break the cycle, man. Get out of this uh, layout of sin, getting a Philadelphia format, because the Church of Philadelphia is, I really believe, is the ministry of deliverance that will heat off uh, attacks of uh, Lucifer, uh, who is our greatest enemy, and where 
pastors really don't even want to talk about the devil. It's, it's amazing when people come on my radio station so they say, you know, this is the only way we can get this. Well, I said, well, then why are you there? Well, you know, I've been there 20 some years. I just don't want to hurt them. Let me tell you Jeez. something. <laughs> oh, they called me and said, that, look, stop pleasing people and please the Lord. Because if you're mm-hmm. pleasing people, I don't care who you are or wherever you are. I don't want to please nobody but the Lord. When I do something, I do it wholeheartedly as, for, as unto him, Colossians 3.17 and 3.28. Don't please people, because if you are, you are not, you are not a servant of God. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I shall not be the servant of Christ, uh, Galatians 1.10. Don't do that. Your life is way much more important than pleasing people. Well, and people are in such unbelief. You know, sometimes I sit and listen to certain people yammer on for hours about their problems. They think their situation is not uncommon to man. And I say, hey, your situation is not special. But I encourage them not to get sucked into their fear, their emotions, their unbelief, their hopelessness. Because if they read the word, they would know not to be yielding to these spirits of oppression. Some people are crying over the same issues, Emmett, for 20 years, but you don't understand, Sheila. This is serious. And to that I say, yes, this is serious unbelief. This is serious fear. Somebody here needs to have some faith that all things are possible with God. And people say, oh, but you need to let it out. No, actually, you need to not let it in, don't you? And, and you need to, most people need to get away from their fleshly mind. The, the fleshly mind, Colossians 2.29 causes hindrance to receiving faith and to receiving deliverance because your mind wants to take control of you, which is part of your soul. Well, and he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, might, and a sound mind. But by listening to people, you'd never know it, would you? I don't think I've ever heard so much stress in people and anxiety in people. And I'm thinking, what part of the Bible do you not get here? I get it all the time. So people call me from all over the world and the same problem I see a lack of understanding the Bible, not being fed, fear, no faith, lots of ignorance. And uh, I'm grateful that these radio stations such as you, myself, and other radio stations that we may not notice going out or getting this word of God to a believer so that they can defend themselves off uh, from this foul enemy that has no mercy for human mankind. Well, if you look in Romans 8:14 or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 there, you're supposed to trust in the Lord with what? It says, all thine heart. You don't trust God with your head. You don't trust God with your mind. You think with your mind. You lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. And how many of your ways? I always, you don't just get God involved on the tough stuff. You are supposed to acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledge that he actually knows more than you. You don't exclude him. And too many people, they will not be led by God. And that's a problem, isn't it? Yes, it is. The sons of God are led by his spirit. See, God does, what happens is when we start thinking and figure things out, that chokes faith. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin, Romans fourteen twenty three. And when your mind, and I'm going to be doing a seven-part series of the mind, the natural, carnal, fleshly mind, uh, beginning uh, Monday, a seven-part series. Mo- people all over the world call me, the mind start talking to them. People thinking that's Jesus. That ain't Jesus. Jesus don't talk to your mind. He talks to your spirit. He's a spirit. And you must worship him in truth and spirit. And the emotional outer shell controls the spirit. But if the spirit has not been fed, 
then the mind, which is the soul, will be stronger than the spirit, and the strong man will be your soul. And when that happens, uh, it's very difficult to get deliverance. Well, many people are head-led in most of what they do, feeling-led, emotion-led, calamity-led, circumstances-led, fear-led. They're not Holy Spirit-led. I always say to people, if people will be led of Him, He will lead people out of confusion into light, out of death into life, out of fruitlessness into fruitfulness. That is so true. And fast. You don't hear fasting often. That's not a popular subject. Everything microwave Christianity. Put it in the microwave and give it five minutes and God's going to bless me. I got to get a breakthrough, you know. (laughs) My God. Fast. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Deuteronomy 4.4. Get under subjection to the Holy Spirit. Yield yourself. Let your uh, vessel become righteousness. You don't hear righteousness, holiness. You don't hear that in the church. You hear I'm blessed and highly favored and and God is good, he's good all the time. And in the sand, he walks me through the footsteps. And the, when I wasn't looking, I looked on the ground, and there was other feet walking and carrying me nowhere in the Bible. These facades, we got to get rid of this and really have a personal relationship. I'm, and I'm just really opening up to each sister because I get it all over the world, and I hear so many things that not, it's not even biblical, and people believe it. If it's not rooted in God's Word. Well, you're right about the fasting it. because Jesus... He didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. So it's really important that people understand that fasting, and of course, how convenient that some of these new Bible translations have taken that word right out of there or changed it. But what's incredible is that people have got to get back to the basics, and fasting is a huge way to decrease that fleshly nature and allow the spirit man to come more prominently, isn't it? Oh, yes, because... When you fast, and, and I'm the Lord is dealing with me heavy about fasting. That was one of my pet peeves, and uh, I started fasting before I got called into the ministry, and I was able to really humble myself. When you are fasting, and this is why I read the King James Version, it only deals with the soul, the flesh. You see, the Lord has showed me that demons and your flesh have a soul tie. They tie it together. The flesh us against the spirit, Galatians 5, 16, and 17, and they're going backwards and forth and backwards and forth. But to put that thing under suggestion, you have to fast. You have to fast. And God wants us to fast and stand on his word, and God wants us to really crucify the flesh. He really wants us to crucify the flesh. And how I start crucifying the flesh is in uh, Isaiah 58. It speaks about the soul many times in here. Isaiah 58, verse 3, about the soul. Isaiah 58, verse 5, about the soul. It undo heavy burdens. It breaks every a yoke. Isaiah 58, 6 again. And then it tells the benefits of it. Isaiah 58, verse 8. And it tells us again, it goes back to us in the book of Isaiah 58, and it goes back to the soul in 58.10, and 58.10 again is talking about the soul, then in 58.11 is talking about the soul, and then at the end, it gives you your rewards. And Jesus said, when you fast, we don't want to fast, because the flesh does not want to fast. And remember, brothers and sisters, wherever you're at, we are all supposed to be disciplined. Disciples mean to be disciplined. These terminologies are omitted in some teaching uh, from what I have heard. And I want to uh, recapitulate some things that Derek Prince has taught me. Learn everything in the Bible. Fast. Humble yourself. 
get a hunger for God. The Lord is moving on my heart to say some people had a love for the Lord because of trials and tribulations. You, you bagged out and, and, and you stopped. Can I just share with the listening audience what this fasting does? Yes. It breaks yokes. Look at this in Isaiah 58, uh, 6. It says, cry out loud, spat not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. I'm a trumpet player. I, I play trumpet. Trumpet is a very loud instrument. It's trouble. An octave is up to six octaves in certain formats with your lip. And, and God is using the trumpet as, a, as an explanation to how to lift up and cry out to God. And then it says here, and the house of Jacob, their sins. Deal with your sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances, the justice. They take delight in approaching God. Wherefore, have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore, have we afflicted our soul? S-O-U-L, single. It has nothing to do with the spirit. Then it says, and thou takest no knowledge. Take knowledge when you're on the fast. Read. Stay in the word. It says, behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and is out all your labors. I had a lady call me. She said, I'm fasting by uh, not watching TV. People creating stuff. I said, that's not in the Bible. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. But, hey, they create. People make things up to justify themselves. And they say, okay. I said, ma'am, that's nowhere in the Bible. That's doctrines of demons. <laughs> Yes, it is. And it says, uh, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Nothing about the spirit again. Notice the word soul. We've, we've seen soul two times so far in the, in, in, this, in the chapter. Then it says, It is to bow down his head and brutish, and to spread sackcloth and ashes unto him with Thou call this a fast and acceptable day of the Lord. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness from the flesh, not the spirit. Now, when you fast, you can get delivered. You can get delivered from demons three ways. Reading the word, Matthew 8, 16. Having faith, Mark 7, 29. And verbal command, come out, Matthew 8, 32. This way, you can get delivered because you are clean through the word in John 15, verse 3. And I know that you can get delivered when you're fasting because the Lord was getting a lot of demons out of me when I was fasting. And all of a sudden, two years later, he told me to go back. The flesh didn't want to do it. Now I'm back on a, on a fast again. No meats and, and vegetables. God wants me to get back on a fast for spiritual and also for your body. When we eat different foods, our bodies are a temple of God. And we have to keep our bodies holy and, and preserve. That's not taught in the church. You see, it's not just the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not again entangled with the yoke of bondage. So if you have been entangled again from the flesh, go back to fasting. That's a very powerful way to eradicate demons and your flesh. Then it says, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thy face from thy own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health, even your health. You may be sick, and if you fast, God can heal you. Absolutely. Shall bring forth speedily, and the righteousness shall go forth before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. 
This is the only reward. We His glory by fasting. Do we hear that in the church today? No. No, we don't. And that's a, that. That's woefully sad that Christians are so... What did Paul warn us about? He admonishes about, do not be deceived by these seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. If if I've ever seen doctrines of devils, we're seeing them now, aren't we? Yes, we are. <clears throat> and there's a whole lot of them out here. Well, and people better start understanding how to use their weapons of warfare with all the barrage emit of the supernatural dark power inundating us and coming upon us. I mean, end time miracles are going to be done by the power of Satan and people are going to think that that is of God. So we really need discernment. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the Bible says. You're right, because... That's a scripture that's uh, in Second Corinthians that speaks on that of what you just said. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. We need to be able to test the spirit. We have to hear the spirit of God to test it. Some of us can't hear the spirit of God because our flesh is overloading. Our flesh is the strong man, and it needs to be out of our spirit. It needs to be crucified. You can't cast out your flesh. You have to crucify it, but you can cast the demons out. Well, you know, I had a call the other day and this lady says, well, you know, I'd really like deliverance, Sheila. But, you know, again, and we started having a conversation and she says, well, I'm a, she said, I know you probably think witchcraft is bad, but I'm a good witch. We're, we're white witches. And I said, don't be fooled. All witchcraft is from Satan. Witches are real. Witchcraft is real. Many are in your own church on Sundays. Many deacons are warlocks. There's no such thing as a nice witch. White witchcraft is not good witchcraft. Don't be fooled. That's unbelievable that people actually think that some witchcraft is, it's just the good white witchcraft. I'm thinking, wow. Wow. Yeah, well, we got a lot of uh, witchcraft in the church control. Anytime a pastor control somebody. That's witchcraft. Well, you want to leave the church, come see me, sit down in my office. All he want to do is to keep you there because he, he's going to lose tithe money. He don't see you as a human. He sees you as a tither. That's sad. Well, you know, I just, I have a friend in Africa and he is a, you know, he's just a powerful deliverance minister. And, you know, they know about witches and witchcraft and warlocks and voodoo and medicine men, and they don't mess around with it. But I'm telling you right now that people have got to understand witchcraft. It is very serious. Like I remember one time Carla Boutard was telling me that uh, Frank Marzullo Sr. told her something really stunning. She was walking through a parking lot one time and she picked up a penny and he smacked it out of her hand and she said, hey, what did you what are you doing there and he says listen witches go around they get these coins from the bank they curse them and then they throw them around parking lots and i thought isn't that amazing that people don't pray over their stuff they don't cover themselves with the blood of jesus they don't think about curses and calamity coming upon them and when you look at that one scripture there in mark eleven twelve, it means trouble pressure satan brings trouble and pressure and witchcraft can make people go through some very troublesome times. And I had a, a coven of witch, like I knew there was a coven of witches assigned to my ministry. And it's very serious stuff because they can even put death curses on people, can't they? Yes, they can. There was a witch that was at the uh, Eastern Islands. Her name was Ziggy. And uh, he was a witch and he would put curses and some on demons on people. People would be getting sick. I plead the blood of Jesus on him. He'd start throwing up. 
So you, you, we, we really have to be aware. This is a war going on, man. It's a serious war. And it's a war that you can't deal with in the natural. You can't deal with it with any natural strength. won't work. You have to tune in to this powerful ministry of deliverance. Be taught. Be teachable. Listen to some dear prince. Listen to everybody that you can, can and learn about the ministry. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke. Read the Gospels over and over. And pull up every teaching on the devil. Learn your adversary. We are at war. God calls us as hardened soldiers, 2 Timothy 2, 3. And uh, we need to be about doing his business in, instead of uh, looking for silver and gold to come out of heaven. Well, Emmett, in the waning moments, would you mind leading my listeners into a deliverance prayer? Sure. Let's, okay. let's do that. Uh, I want everybody, when I do a, a mass deliverance, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Uh, we want to break curses. Curse is not coming without a cause. Uh, Proverbs 26, 2. Let's, let's repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I repent of any sins in my life or my ancestors' lives that have resulted in a curse. I repent of all disobedience, rebellion, perversion, witchcraft, idolatry, lust, adultery, fornication, mistreatment of others, murder, cheating, lying, sorcery, divination, and occult involvement. I ask for your forgiveness and cleansing through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, take authority over and break any and every curse upon your life in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. The Lord Jesus, break all curses on your father's side, all the way back to, all the way back to Adam and Eve, on your mother's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Every curse of poverty, lack, debt, destruction, sickness, death, vagabond, we break in the name of Jesus based on Galatians 3.13. Christ became a curse for us. Cursed is he who hangeth on a tree. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, break all curses on your marriage, your family, your children, and your relationships. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, break all curses of rejection, pride, rebellion, loss, hurt, incest, rape, Ahab. There's somebody out here listening to me have headaches. There are people that's listening are worrying. Stop worrying. God doesn't want you to worry. The Lord Jesus, break all curses of rejection, pride, rebellion, hurt, lust, incest, rape, Ahab, Jezebel, fear, insanity, madness, and confusion. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, break all curses affecting your finances, your mind, your sexual character, your emotions, your will, and your relationship. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, break all hexes that have been one on you, jexes or spells that have been one on you, or spoken curses over you. We send it back to the sender. The Lord Jesus of Nazareth, Break every shackle, chain, cord, and happiness cycle that is a result of a curse. We are the head. We are not the tail. We do receive all blessings of Abraham. And Lord, we thank you that the curses have now been broken in the name of Jesus. I bind and cast out all demonic spirits of bitterness, resentment, hatefulness, unforgiveness, violence, temper, anger, retaliation, murder. Come out. Every demonic demon under Rebellion, self-will, stubbornness, disobedience, anti-submissiveness, come out. Strife, come out. Contentions, backbiting, arguing, fighting, come out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Escape. Come on out. Escape. Sleepiness, alcohol, drugs. Come on out right now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of depression, despondency, discouragement, fear, hopelessness, suicide. Come on out. Heaviness, gloom, burden in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Come out. Worrying. Come on out. Most Christians do a lot of worrying, I see. 
And God doesn't want you to do that. Have faith. The gesture, live by faith, Habakkuk 2.4. Nervousness, come on out in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, out. Tension, headaches, nervous habits, come out right now in the name of Jesus. Sensitiveness, soul, walking in the soul. Somebody said the wrong word, you'll get offended. Arrested development spirit, come on out. Arrested development, black magic, conjums, come on out. Come on out. Come on out. All forms of uh, secret organizations, Masons, come on out. Eastern Star, been associated with that. Come out that stuff and break rain. Mental illness, madness, insanity, uh, hallucination, paranoia, schizophrenic, double mindedness. Come on out in the name of Jesus. Paranoia, jealousy, envy. Come on out. Come on out right now. Confusion. Come on out. Come on out. Confusion in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Mind binding spirits. Confusion. Fear of man. Fear of failure. Occult spirits. Spiritualism spirits. Come out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mind idolatry. Intellectualism. Rationalization. Pride. Ego. Come out in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Fear of authority. Lying. Deceitfulness. Come on out. Pride. Come on out. The Leviathan, come out with those hooks. Come on out in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Self-righteousness. Come on out of there right now. Fatigue. Fatigue, come out in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. Amen. That was wonderful. Please do give out your website for the listeners. www.livedeliverance.com. And we're on every night, 24 hours a day, Derek Prince, all night. And Sunday also, also all day, Derek Prince. www.livedeliverance.com. Thank you so much for coming on. And I really appreciate your time tonight. And again, thank you so much for praying for the audience. And do come back and see us again. And I will. I'm going to invite you to my show. As soon as I get off this other radio broadcast, I'll give you a call and put you on my show. God bless you. God bless you, too. Folks, that was former Navy SEAL, former Special Forces turned Apostle Emmett Overton. His information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. And folks, tonight I am filling in on his show at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to call in for prayer, deliverance, healing, that's 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The call-in number, grab a pen, is 646-378-1857 and press 1. That's at 11.30 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time. And again, the number is 646-378-1857. That number will also be posted there under his bio at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast tonight. We have a great show tomorrow. Rick Bell is joining us. It's going to be a good show. I'm going to leave you with a little Paul Washer going out. Good night, folks, and God bless. False teachers are God's judgment on people who don't want God, but in the name of religion, plan on getting everything their carnal heart desires. That's why a Joel Olstein is raised up. Those people who sit under him are not victims of him. He is the judgment of God upon them because they want exactly what he wants and it's not God. And you can line them all up along with him. That's where it is. For ourselves, teachers in accordance to their own desires. So you get a Benny Hinn in there who all he wants to do is tell you you're going to have a Mercedes Benz. Those people aren't victims. They're, he is God's judgment upon them. They want what he wants. And so they accumulate him to themselves along with all those other teachers because they teach exactly what they want. Do you see that? 
You boast in the fact that God has children running around all over this country full of carnality, steeped in sin, doing whatever they want and God does nothing according to your preaching. But they're saved, bless God. When you preach their funeral, you'll preach them straight into heaven. I've seen it a thousand times. Remember just a while back, a man in my own town in Illinois who was a known drug addict, drug dealer, fornicator, absolutely everything. And he is there. He passes away. And the pastor of one of the largest Baptist churches in the area, standing there, the funeral, that that place is loaded with every person that's hardly ever been in church, drug addicts and everything you can imagine, are all there in church to honor their dead friend. And that pastor gets up and he says, I praise God, I know this young man, he sowed a lot of wild oats, but when he was nine years old, I was there when he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he's in heaven today. And all those lost sinners went straight out into the streets justified in their sin because of conservative evangelical Baptist preaching that's typical in almost every church in this country it's true it's true and it's pathetic it's pathetic you say oh that's mean-spirited let me ask you a question my mother passed away last year but I remember three years ago when I went to the doctor's office with her because she thought something's not right. And that doctor, very gentle, very noble, he looked at my mother and he says, Miss Washer, he goes, you've got cancer. And he goes, uh, it, it's, it's radical, it's bad, and we've got to move right now if we're going to have any chance of saving your life. I want you to know that man made my mother cry. He hurt my mom. She, he ruined her day. We were going to go out to get something to eat. He ruined her week. He tore my mother to pieces. But he tried to save my mother's life. And if he hadn't done that, if he hadn't been so truthful, she'd have had no hope of salvation whatsoever. We'd have had no recourse at all. And he could have been kicked out of his own practice for being immoral. They ought to kick most pastors out of their practice. Because out of cowardice or self-preservation, they will not preach the gospel. That's all there is to it. This job's not for cowards. It may be for wild men and fools, but it's not for cowards. I'm telling you there's too much at stake. Too much at stake to allow this to happen any longer. And it'd be different if it was happening in churches that denied the deity of Christ or substitutionary atonement. But this stuff goes on every day in, men, in men's churches who hold to these truths. But when they get to the gospel, they just seem to lose their minds. This country is not gospel hard, and this, gospel's, this country is gospel ignorant because most of the preachers are gospel ignorant. It's just the truth. That salvation is not merely the change of practice. It doesn't even begin there. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's not New Year's resolutions. It's not this strong conviction to want to be a different person. None of that. Salvation is a supernatural work of 
God whereby someone really does become a new creature. Really. That's not poetry. It's not poetry. It's not poetry.